used to call him Silent Jim around here, but lately we can't get him to stop talking because of this crazy podcast. Thanks a lot. Strap on your learning helmets, class. We've got just the good stuff coming your way. And here's the host of Silent Sales Machine Radio, Jim Cockrum. Hey, this is Jim. Welcome back to another episode of Silent Sales Machine Radio. Now, today, I've got a fairly short podcast for you. It's a fairly straightforward idea, but I really think that this will do two things if you listen to the next few minutes. One, it will keep you out of a lot of trouble and a lot of really bad business ideas. Because we all know as internet marketers, there are ideas everywhere. You could literally make it a full-time job just investigating all the new cool ideas and business opportunities out there, right? Well, how do you know which ones to filter? So that's the first goal today on this very short podcast. The second goal is to tell you exactly which ones are worth pursuing. So I'm going to keep you out of trouble, identify the bad ones, and tell you how to tell very quickly if it's a good idea or not, if it's a good fit or not. So I hope you enjoy this show. And I'm just going to jump right into the content. Now, there's only three models. There's only three legitimate business models that I've discovered. And they all have something in common. And I'll identify that in just a moment. But I'll tell you what those three models are. And if you discover another legitimate internet-based business opportunity that doesn't fit into one of these three models, please let me know. But I think every legitimate business that you will ever encounter that, that you can build online will fit into one of these three. The first is S, selling something. Sell physical products or digital goods for that matter, but sell something. That's the first one. The next is E or expand your audience. Now, having an audience who just likes to watch your funny cat, monkey, gorilla videos, that may or may not be able to monetize. Although you'd be surprised. Some people on YouTube, all they've done is expand an audience on YouTube with interesting content and they sell advertising at the beginning and they're doing really, really well. But I would call that the E, expand your audience. Grow an audience of people who care about the content that you're creating and they can't wait to hear what you have to say next. That's the ultimate asset you could ever have, by the way, is a list of people who can't wait to see what you do next or can't wait to hear what you're going to say or write next. That's the E model. And then finally, C, consult. That means share with other people the success that you've had with either or both of the other models. See, once you've had success with either the S or the E, even a small amount of success, you can make a lot of money helping other people and teaching them how to do what you just did. And the beautiful thing about these three models is they all interconnect very, very nicely. And I know I've talked about them before. This, of course, is the CES model. This is the model we use for our big events. It's actually called our CES event, our annual event, where we sell out in one day, months in advance. As I record this, we've had four. We're planning our fifth one. It will sell out in a day, months in advance. The hotels just don't believe us when we tell them, hey, everybody's going to buy their room on the same day because we're going to sell tickets and the rooms are going to sell out and we're going to fill our block, block of rooms. Events just don't happen that way. We've actually had hotels, one after the other, not believe us. So we're actually using the same hotel chain a few years in a row now to try to get them convinced, yes, this is exactly how it happens please be prepared to give us the, as big of a block of rooms as we say we need because everyone's going to show up 
And on your website, on the day that we say tickets go on sale and they're going to book their rooms very quickly. And it happens every year. But I'm getting slightly off track. These ideas simply work. But I promise to reveal to you how you can tell any business idea you encounter if it's legitimate or not. And here's the big word. Here's the theme word of this podcast, okay? It's relationships. Relationships. And I hope you don't think that's a boring word. I'm not talking about trying to become best friends with everybody you meet every day, all day. But I can promise you that if you will seek out business models that allow you to build genuine, long-term relationships with many individuals, the more the better. Yes, the more people that you have, and you may have heard me say this before. I said it, I think, in the first uh, podcast episode, the recording at uh, Las Vegas, episode one. But I made this point longer than I'm going to make it now. But here's the test. If I were to ask you to make a list of all of the people who would gladly call you back or answer your phone call if you called them at three in the morning and you needed help, how many people are on that list? How many names, specifically people that you could write down that would say, yep, I'm there for you? How big is your list? Is it three people? Is it 20 people? Is it 500 people? And I'm telling you, the bigger that list is, the bigger your capacity to succeed long-term in business. It's not about your talents or what kind of product you make or necessarily even your business model and all these other factors that are important, sure. But if you tell me only one thing, how many people are in your life that you could call if you had to at three in the morning and they would say, yeah, I'm there for you, how can I help? That is your capacity to succeed because it tells me you're good at establishing genuine relationships where there's mutual care and admiration. Strangers will not help you at three in the morning if you call them randomly. Try it sometime. (laughs) Just kidding. But people who love you and trust you and think the world of you, who feel like they owe you a favor, who you've done a lot for in the past, they'd be honored to step up. And so the bigger that list gets the more likely you are to succeed and have a strong financial foundation for future success, not just in business, but in life in general, which is why I say all the time, the rules for success in life and relationships and leadership and business, they're all the same. And the one way you can measure how good you're doing is to tell me how many strong relationships you have. I believe business was given to us, and this is covered in episode zero. This isn't even on iTunes. You'll have to go to my website, silentgym.com, if you want to listen to episode zero. And I explain a little bit about my worldview, the foundation that all of my business advice comes from, and that's the Bible. This is biblically sound advice that you're getting. This is the same advice that has helped all Hebrews, the Jewish people, for thousands of years, succeed wildly beyond any other culture in business. And once you eliminate all of the silly and racist and wild theories as to why that is, you discover that basically they understand the way God set the world up to work, and that is relationships are vital. He wants us interacting with each other and involved in these beautiful things called mutually beneficial exchanges or transactions, which is what free markets are. I've got a $4 cheeseburger. You're willing to pay $6 for it. It looks so good. Well, I'm happy to take your four. You're happy to take it for four because it's delicious. We both walked away from the deal better off than when we started. Both parties are happy in the free market every single time. Otherwise, why would you spend the money or why would I price it at $4? 
right? So it's a beautiful, and I believe God invented process, but no matter what your worldview is, you got to admit, knowing some people and having good relationships with them is the way to go. So let me get back to the point. You're looking at internet businesses now and you're thinking to yourself, is this a legitimate business idea or not? Should I pursue this idea or not? And let me tell you the one filter that will really, really help you. It guides me. I make all my business decisions based on this and a handful of other filters, but this is the most important one. Well, let me identify some of the minor filters first. Is it in my wheelhouse? Does it enhance the things I'm already doing? Do I know people that are doing this well that I consult with and talk to and partner with? Or is this completely new territory that I know nothing about? A total shot in the dark. If there's a shot in the dark, I'm not doing it. It's got to be in my wheelhouse. It's got to be something that I feel like, wow, my life has led me to this. It's not just a good idea. It's a right idea, and learning the difference is important. I cover that in the Silent Sales Machine book quite a bit, by the way. But here's the one overriding, most important filter that you can run every idea through. And I already mentioned the word relationships, but I'm going to get real specific. If I go into this business, does it enable me to add to the list of names of those strong relationships that are on my list of people that I could call at three in the morning and they would gladly take that call and they would be excited to take that call and they would be there to help me out if I needed it. If I do this business, does that list grow or does it shrink? Or do I just not know for sure? And it's kind of a guess. Well, if it shrinks my list, I'm definitely not doing it. If I'm not sure, I'm probably not going to do it until I'm sure. But if I know for a fact that it will grow that list, that it's something I can be proud of, that people will say, I want to know more about what that guy's doing. If it's something that gets me interacting with my community in a new way that they'll find tremendous value in, then yes, now I'm interested. Let's talk. And what that does is it puts the burden on you to decide, am I truly delivering value if I go down this road? And now let me talk about the CES one more time in a way that I never have before. I've never presented this idea before, except on this podcast. If you go into the CES model, and let's say you're brand new to our community, maybe you've read the Silent Sales Machine book at this point, and you're thinking, which one do I want to do? We'll probably tell you to start with S, because it's the easiest. It's the lowest hanging fruit. And a lot of people stay right there. And I have friends who have built eight-figure businesses. My partner, Brett, built an eight-figure business doing just the S model, but he's smart because he's partnered with me. So now he's got the C and the E model as part of his overall structure as well. He's adding spokes to his wheel, right? So he's got that long-term, stable, multiple streams of income that we talk about so much on this podcast. But let's say you start with S and that's all you do. Do you have a long-term viable business? Well, if you're only selling on Amazon, let's use our relationship test for a moment. We know that Amazon doesn't allow you to build strong relationships with your customers in the same way that maybe we would like to. For example, you can't grow an email list of all of your buyers on Amazon, right? You're not allowed to. Amazon does not want you entering into transactions off of their platform. Now, if I were in charge of Amazon, I would actually encourage that sort of behavior because I know if I can build stronger relationships in the community where people are shopping and gathering, well, people with strong relationships buy and sell more to each other. The stronger the relationship, the more transactions will happen. 
It's just this upward spiral. Relationships lead to transactions, lead to relationships, lead to more transactions. And I understand this because it's, it's a biblical truth. Thousands of years of Hebrew history have proven it's true. That's the definition of success is more transactions and more relationships. Well, Amazon has basically laid down the law that says, no, you cannot build a relationship with your buying customers. They've made it very, very difficult to do so. So you've got to get creative in serving your clients in such a way that you begin to build a relationship. And I'm not going to advise you to violate any Amazon policy. Of course, I never will. But I am saying if you're just selling random widgets to strangers on Amazon, yes, you can put a lot of money in the bank. But how many people are you adding to that list of names of people that you could call at three in the morning and they'd pick up the call and say, wow, great to hear from you. How can I help? I don't think selling random widgets to strangers, if that's your only business model long-term, is going to help. Now, I've been selling on eBay and Amazon for 15 years, and I've taught thousands of other people how to do the same as well. But just like I've warned for 15 years, every time I've talked to an eBay seller or an Amazon seller or someone who relies on Facebook or Twitter or Google or PayPal or Instagram or any of these other sites, these are big, impersonal sites. They don't need you as badly as you need them. Now, as a group, they need us. As a group, we as Amazon sellers, Amazon really needs us. But as individuals, not so much. So it's not a big thing for them to flip a switch and put you through three months of just trying to figure out what happened. My account is gone. I've been suspended. I got to write letters. I got to figure it out. I got to beg for mercy. I got to plead. I got to tell them about my kids and the bills I have, just hoping that they'll turn my account back on and then I can breathe again, right? I've seen it happen too many times. Now, is it likely to happen to you? No. Is it a risk worth talking about? Yes, it is. And from a bigger picture strategy perspective, you need to be building a business where, again, the number one asset you could have, and I want you to have a business that has this, is a list of people who can't wait to see what you're going to do next, can't wait to hear what you're going to say or read what you're going to write. Ideally, it's an email list built around your niche product. I had a conversation recently with a guy you've heard me mention a couple times on some of our podcasts, one of the most successful students to come from our community, Death Wish Coffee. And here we were in the middle of September, right? The year's irrelevant, but he'd had a Super Bowl commercial that year earlier in February. He emailed, he sent me a text and he said, Jim, I just had my second best sales day ever. Now, keep in mind, he had a Super Bowl commercial. So his sales went nuts the next day. That 24-hour period was a spike unlike anything he thought he'd ever see again. But guess what happened in the middle of September for no reason, no special reason other than he sent an email promotion out to his entire customer list. And guess what they did? They devoured his special offer. And he had his second best sales day barely under the huge sales day that he'd had for the Super Bowl Sunday when his commercial was shown in front of over 100 million people. But here's his list with tens of thousands of people on it who love his stuff, and he sent them an email, and they jumped on it. So yeah, email marketing is huge. Developing a niche following around a product, that's huge. That's when you start to get into some secure territory. 
That's why I call it the best asset your business could ever have. It's not your widget. It's not your ideas. It's not your motivation. It's not your leadership style or your regional location or your skin color or your education or your background or how much money you have in the bank. None of those are your number one asset. Most of them are entirely irrelevant. Your number one asset is a customer list. And yes, Amazon is happy to loan you their customer base, but they're kind of stingy letting you take the customers as your own. So as you start to dive into Amazon, now the first several months that you're doing it, just make a profit. I know you just want to make some money, right? I understand that. You want to turn $5 bills into $20 bills, but don't become so enamored with the process of turning $5 bills into $20 bills with strangers that you forget Jim's advice in the back of your head saying, I need to be building relationships. I need to have more and more people on that list who I could call at three in the morning. And let me just tell you this. You're thinking, well, Jim, how big's your list? And you know, I haven't tested it out yet, but I'm pretty sure we've got a Facebook group with 30,000 people in it. I've got an email list with hundreds of thousands of people on it. If I were to drop a message out and saying, hey, guess what, uh, guys, my family, you name a city, pull a city out of the air in your mind right now. My family is stranded out of gas on the side of the road in city X. It's three in the morning. Can someone help us? I promise you, you can put me anywhere, maybe not the middle of a desert, but any populated area on the planet. And we would have someone that knows someone at three in the morning within an hour, we've got someone there helping us out. Someone who knows who we are, who either trusts us and knows us, or it's a good friend of someone who does. That's the beauty of having a community. And we've got a leadership team of over a couple hundred people at this point, once you include everybody on all of our teams, who have the exact same privilege because we've been actively serving and assisting and building relationships and helping people succeed on the internet for so long that this community is huge now. And yes, that is an incredibly good feeling to know that you're helping that many people succeed. And by the way, notice how I phrased that. We don't help people. I tell my team all the time. We correct each other all the time. It's instinctual now when we say, oh, I just like helping people. Well, no, no, wait, that's not good enough. We don't just help people. We help people succeed. There's an accountability and a strength of relationship there. I can help people if I want to help strangers and pass out $20 bills randomly walking up and down the streets of my neighborhood, just pass them out, throw them out, go downtown and just throw $20 bills around. I'm helping people, right? Well, yeah. Am I helping them succeed? No, clearly I'm not because that requires accountability and long-term relationships. So we help people succeed and I hope you do too because that's how you add to your list of people that you could call in the middle of the night and they would gladly answer and have a conversation with you. Hey, hope you loved this episode of the podcast. I liked recording it. It's one of the shorter ones. We're only at about 20 minutes, but I think if you'll take this to heart, maybe listen to it from time to time, maybe share it with someone who's trying to make a business decision right now or a life direction decision. This works for what do I want to do with my life? I think this is great advice for young people to listen to because if the thing you're thinking about doing with your life doesn't include building relationships with others, I would say you're not on very stable ground. You're not doing something that's going to lead to good places. We were built to serve. And I believe I could prove it. I'm not going to spend a whole lot more time on that. 
That's just what I believe, how I see the world. And I think thousands of years of success in the Hebrew culture more than proves that what I'm saying is 100% true. But do your research. Check it out for yourself. All right. This is Jim signing off. I can't wait to talk to you next time. I love doing this podcast. I hope you like it as much as I do. I hope you like listening. Let me know what you thought of this one, and I will talk to you again real soon.